our Sunday morning podcast. Our call to worship this morning is taken from Psalm 150. Praise God in his temple. Praise his strength in heaven. Praise him for the mighty things he has done. Praise his supreme greatness. Praise him with trumpets. Praise him with harps and lyres. Praise him with drums and dancing. Praise him with harps and flutes. Praise him with cymbals. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise the Lord, all living creatures. Praise the Lord. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn number 145, Morning Has Broken, and we will sing all three verses of hymn 145. join together now in affirming our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. of last week and the difficulties we've all experienced in the last year, the bishop has requested that all of our congregations remember our baptisms this morning. The new year is a time when each of us is challenged to renew our own baptismal, baptismal vows. The Book of Worship reminds us that since the earliest days of Christianity, the vows of Christian baptism have consisted first of the renunciation of all that is evil, and then the profession of faith and loyalty to Christ. As you read them, notice how they speak directly to the violence of this week, as well as the many other acts of violence that occurred in our communities around the nation during 2020. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, please answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord, in union with the Church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, please answer, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, please answer, I do. This morning, let us remember our baptisms as we go to live our lives as children of God and members of His family. Amen. This morning, during our service, we're going to be distributing a number of small pebbles for those who wish to have a symbol of remembering their baptism this morning. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, we will have uh, additional uh, pebbles available in the vestibule of the church. So if you stop by, they will be available there on the table in the front. We do have a couple of prayer requests this morning. 
we want to keep Charles in our prayers as he's still recovering from uh, his cracked ribs. Uh, he's uncomfortable, but he assures us that he's getting better uh, day by day. We also want to keep Fran in our prayers as she's recovering from COVID. Uh, she is feeling better and she has tested positive and will have to remain kind of in quarantine for the next seven days. Uh, after that, she plans on getting another test and hopefully it will come back negative. Regarding the COVID virus, we did make a couple of changes to the website. It was announced this week that throughout Georgia, the number of people who will be able to get the vaccine has been expanded. Now, starting this coming Monday, the 11th, uh, those people who are over 65 will be able to make an appointment to receive the vaccine. We have left the uh, Georgia Department of Health uh, website uh, on our website under the COVID-19 vaccines page. So if you want some more information, you can click on the button there. It also gives the number for making an appointment. That number is 844-987-0099. Now, that number becomes active uh, during office hours, Monday through Friday. Uh, so that will start working, or is supposed to start working, at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I don't know how well this works. The distribution of vaccines across the state is not uniform. Some areas have lots of vaccines, some do not. So I will not guarantee that you'll be able to get an appointment, but we want that information out there for anybody who is over 65. I will tell you that I am going to try to make an appointment, and I will let you know how well that works out. This morning, of course, we're still fighting the virus. Uh, the last two days have been the two highest new case days in the state of Georgia. So we want to keep all those who are suffering with the virus uh, in our prayers, as well as those first responders and essential people that are helping us deal with it. If you will... Let's have a brief moment of silence before beginning our time of prayer. Father, we come to you this morning thankful for the many blessings you've given to us. You know this has been a tough week. It's been a tough year. There's been much division, violence throughout our nation. We pray that you will be with us, cleanse our hearts, and lead us to do your will and show love for one another. We pray for those that are ill, those that have suffered injury, and especially for those we may not have mentioned who are suffering from long-term illnesses. Be with all of these people. Provide them with your healing, and we ask that you will bring them back 
to full and complete health. We thank you, Father, for bringing us the opportunity to be vaccinated and to receive medical care. We pray that you will make this and improve the distribution of vaccines to all people that we might get rid of this scourge. We thank you and ask your blessings on all of those who are our first response, uh, responders, all of, our, <coughs> all of our medical people and those essential workers that help us with our daily lives. We pray that you will give them your strength and help them to help us. We pray now in this time of government transition that you will Give wisdom to our leaders. Help them to lead us and lead us to do your will and follow your laws. For we ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. My daughter Holly has a few words for our children this morning. Holly. Good morning. Today, we are going to talk about baptism. Now, I know you already know the story of Jesus' baptism. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the River Jordan, and after he came out of the water, a dove came down, and God's voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, in the Methodist Church, most of us are baptized as babies. And we believe that you should only be baptized once. Now, I was baptized as a baby, and I do not remember my baptism, as I'm sure neither do you if you were baptized as a baby. All we have are pictures and the story our parents tell us. So today, in remembrance of your baptism, we have a special stone to give you. Now, I know most of you are listening to this podcast, um, and if you want your special stone, you can get it in the vestibule. Now, when you look at this stone, I want you to remember that you are baptized and you are a part of God's family. He loves you and will take care of you. All right, it's time for our Bible verse. Now, last week, our Bible verse was Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Did you look it up? If you did, good for you. If you didn't, here's the answer. On, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This week, our Bible verse is Matthew chapter 3, Verse 17, let us pray. Dear Lord, 
Thank you for all of the love and blessings you give us. Please be with us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Holly. Our scripture this morning is taken from the first verses of the Gospel of John, where we will read verses 1 through 18. This is the second version of the creation. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. He was in the world, and th though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his, this, his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who himself God is in closest relation with the Father, has made him known. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This week I really wanted to preach on the creation story recorded in the first chapter of Genesis. It's one of the lectionary texts, and it's an appropriate subject for the beginning of a new year. However, Instead of preaching on the first series of verses in the Bible that start with the words, in the beginning, we'll look at the second creation story that starts with the same words, in the beginning. We'll look at the creation story in the New Testament that appears in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Here, in the Gospel of John, we're told that Jesus was present at the creation of the world. Jesus was not a creation of God. He was there with God and was God. Here Jesus is spoken of in terms of being the Word and of being the light. John tells us that he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Clearly, Jesus was there at creation. One of the things that's changed over the centuries since the writing of the book of John is the meaning of the term, Word of God. When we talk about the Word of God, 
we're generally referring to the Bible. The scriptures are how God speaks to us, instructs us, and leads us in our daily lives. Since the time of the Reformation, the Bible has generally been accepted as the primary authority on Christian teaching and understanding God's will. Of course, this was not true for the early church. They had the Torah and the Old Testament scriptures, but there were no New Testament texts. The first New Testament scriptures were the letters of Paul. Our words of consecration of the elements of Holy Communion are taken from the book of 1 Corinthians. Why are these words chosen instead of the words used in the Gospels? The reason is that the words in 1 Corinthians represent the earliest account of the Last Supper because the letters of Paul were written well before any of the Gospels. The very early Christians had none of these texts. To them, in referring to the Word of God, they would have been referring to the person of Jesus. He was God incarnate. He was God's revelation to humankind. Jesus himself was God's Word. That is why the Gospel of John refers to the Word instead of talking about Jesus by name. When we read these opening verses today, it sounds a little bit confusing. John, talking about the Word, does not immediately make, us, make any sense to us. There's no confusion uh, among the early Christians, however. To them, the Word was Jesus. However, some early Christians did not see Jesus as being God. They thought that both Jesus and the Holy Spirit were created by God the Father. They believed the Son and Spirit were created before anything else, so they didn't argue that they were not present at creation, or of the world or the universe. But they didn't believe that they were one with the Father. They believed only the Father was truly God. Of course, this opinion runs contrary to the first verse we read this morning. The Word was God. Jesus was God. We speak of Jesus being the only begotten Son of God, and we speak of the Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son. Yet the Father, Son, and Spirit are the three persons of the Godhead. They are not parts of God. They are God. If this does not seem to make a lot of sense to you, you are not alone. As I said earlier, the Church has wrestled with this issue over the centuries. St. Augustine wrote a seven-volume set entitled The Trinity, in which he tries to address all of the theological questions regarding the subject. Now, you might think that such an exercise is a bit excessive. How can anything be so complicated that you need to write seven books about it? The problem is that as you begin to answer the first set of questions, the answers only create another set of questions to be answered. Now, you parents out there that are familiar with this, because you've played the why game with your children. They ask you a question, and you give them a reasonable answer. Their follow-up question is simply, why? You try to give an explanation to your previous answer, and they again ask why. The game continues until you're exhausted and out of frustration you simply reply, because. 
This is how I believe St. Augustine ended up in writing seven volumes. Reading only selected passages from these books has clearly shown me that I am no theologian. His writings continue to get deeper and deeper into addressing an ever more difficult series of why questions, until the answers to those questions are almost indecipherable. As a result, a detailed understanding of the Trinity is also indecipherable. One of the other problems that grows out of our understanding of the Trinity is the understanding of the dual nature of Jesus as true God and true man. He is not part God and part man. He is both 100% God and 100% man. If he's truly God, he must be unchangeable. God does not change. If this is true, he also must have been human from eternity. He could not have changed when he was incarnated, when he was born of Mary. Yet how could Jesus be truly human before human beings even existed? How old is Jesus? Our verses this morning tell us he existed before time. The Bible also tells us he was born in a stable just over 2,000 years ago. We can certainly agree that the answer is complicated at best. As most of you know, I really enjoy looking up at the night sky. Looking at the sky and studying space has always been something that fascinated me from an early age. Like many children of my generation, I wanted to grow up to be an astronaut. It was the time of the Cold War, and we were all worried about the Soviet advances in space. I remember my parents taking me outside to see the satellite Echo 1 pass overhead. Today, we can go to our cell phones and download an app that'll tell us when we can see the International Space Station. Back in the early 1960s, we had to count on the newspapers to tell us when a new satellite would be able to be seen. As satellites go, Echo 1 was not terribly complicated. It was basically a large, aluminized mylar balloon that went into orbit as a communications satellite. It had no active communications equipment on board. However, it was possible to bounce microwaves off its surface and then return them to Earth. The fact that a large mylar balloon made it, uh, also made it very easy to see from the ground. And I remember being very excited as a six-year-old watching this bright, star-like thing quickly pass across the sky. I also remember that the, fir the first picture of the American flag broadcast by the Telstar 1 satellite, the first satellite to allow television pictures to be transmitted from Europe to the United States. Of course, we all followed the manned space program, and those of us who are old enough remember where we were when the Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Shortly thereafter, moon landings actually started to get a little bit boring to the public. Interest was rekindled some during the early launches of the space shuttle, and of course, we all grieved following the Challenger and Columbia disasters. However, in general, we do not spend a great deal of time or effort looking up at the sky and simply observing God's creation. We have discussed before an illiterate shepherd 
2,000 years ago in Palestine could easily point out where all of the planet were, planets were on a given night. For all of our technology and educational advances, most of us cannot do the same thing. Paul Hawken notes that Ralph Waldo Emerson once asked what we would do if the stars only came out once every thousand years. Hawken notes that no one would sleep that night, of course. The world would become religious overnight. We'd be ecstatic, delirious, made rapturous by the glory of God. Instead, the stars come out every night and we watch television. We're extremely fortunate that we can always see the universe for free through the instruments and photographs made available online. NASA and the Hubble Space Telescopes have hundreds of images available. On the Hubble site, you can see what the telescope is observing at the time. It's also possible to get access to images from any number of large research telescopes scattered around the world. One thing that we see as we look out in all directions with our most powerful telescopes is that the sky is not really dark. There is a glow that's uniform in all directions. This glow is at a wavelength that our eyes cannot see, but it is of equal brightness no matter in which direction we look. This is what scientists tell us is the remnant of the Big Bang. And that makes sense. But what does Genesis tell us that God did? He said, Let there be light, and there was light. And what do we see when we look as far as we can with our telescopes? We see light. We see the light of creation, the light that God commanded into existence. True, we do not really see it because it's shifted in frequency such that our eyes cannot detect it. However, this shift also provides evidence about how far away its source is and how long this light has been traveling to us. It confirms to us that it's from the time of creation. It confirms that when God said, let there be light, there was indeed light. What is wonderful and a bit mind-boggling is that we're continually bathed in, from all directions in that original light of creation. We sometimes claim that the evidence for God's creation is all around us, and I certainly agree that that is true in so many ways. However, as someone interested in astronomy, I love the mental picture that we're constantly bathed in God's light of creation. Yet as Christians... We've also been bathed in the light of God's love. We all know the light of the world, the true light which gives light to everyone coming into the world. We know Jesus, and we have received his gift of eternal life. We are literally bathed in the light of his love. Let us live our lives in his light and be excited about showing his light to everyone we meet. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn number 77, How Great Thou Art. And we will sing verses 1 and 4 of hymn 77.
this earth, and this earth was made for you. Our Lord was there when all of it was created. Go forth now in love to serve him, knowing in your deepest heart that you are blessed from the beginning of time. In the name of the one who created us, redeemed us, and sustained us. Amen. And may God go with you till we meet again. Mm -hmm.